Thanks again for making the Locked On Almost podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are moving on towards 5,000 subscribers. There are about 50 to go. And once we hit 5,000, a Tuesday live stream will be in everybody's future. Once we hit 6,000, we'll start with remote broadcast. So if Ole Miss goes to the Citrus Bowl, you'll see me broadcasting from the Citrus Bowl. Um, and if we hit 7,000, that's a call-in show. So do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast. If you've already subscribed, let somebody know so they can subscribe and let's grow this as quickly as possible. We do appreciate it. Anyway, I'm here with Josh Guest. I decided to bring him back. He did such a good job last week. And we're going to talk about the Vanderbilt game. We're going to talk about what Jackson Dart is. And we're going to talk about the Van Atkins tailgating show. Is the, Did I get that correct? Yeah, the Van Atkins tailgate show. That's right. We uh, broadcast live in front of Farley Hall for every home game. Uh, Hayden King, he's a local uh, jockey at the station there, and he kind of takes the lead on the show. Jake Thompson uh, works for On3 Sports, covers Ole Miss. Uh, he's on the show. And then they have me, and I'm just kind of there. Uh, and then we also give away free pizza, Domino's Pizza, by the way, except for 11 o'clock kickoffs, speaking of A&M. Uh, which should have been the Vandy game. But anyway, uh, so for this week, we, we go on the air four hours before. So 2.30 to 4.30, we'll be on the air. That's when the pizza will be free. Come by, get you some pizza. We do uh, traffic reports, and we do uh, we even give hotty toddy potty updates because we're right outside of it. We can tell people how long the line is uh, and that kind of stuff. So just all things Grove-oriented. If you're headed to the game that day, you can tune in uh, to the local uh, Super Talk 105.5, 105.1, 93.7 or the Q105.com to catch that show before each home game, the live from the Grove. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And, you, you know, you make fun of the hotty toddy potty updates, but that would probably be a legit thing if you're tailgating in the Grove. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I want to get like a, a microphone that I can leave this because, you know, we have the little board there and we're stuck there with the headsets. I told the guys, I said, I want to get a microphone so I can go and interview people while they're in line. Because the lines for the you know the LSU game and then after that the lines have been so long because the fans have just shown up, and so you we get you know two and a half hours before game time right near the end of our show and the line, I mean people are waiting an hour hour plus, just to go to the bathroom. Good grief that that that's how long I wait for Rise of the Resistance or Thunder Mountain Railroad or Space Mountain and stuff. An, that's right. An, that's an right. hour for the hotty toddy potty. Okay. That's right. That's right. So learn learn something new every day. Anyway, one thing I learned is this is a really good football team. And Ole Miss is six and one with three and zero in the SEC. A win over Auburn. And my dad always tells me, you have to look out for the three A's. That's going to tell you how good of a season it is. Uh, Ole Miss needs to have a winning record against Alabama, Auburn, and Arkansas. And Ole Miss was able to pull that off this year. What, what, what's your impressions of the defense and everybody this season? I mean, I know I said it last week, but Pete Golding, I mean, the guy's worth gold. I mean, it's in his name. He's worth all the gold we want to give him. Uh, I, I wrote down that I think we'd be two and five without him. I don't know that we win the Auburn game because of how sloppy we were in the first half. You know, we made the run at the end of the third quarter, first of the fourth quarter, which, by the way, I was sweating bullets. Uh, and full disclosure, I did not go, been at every win at Auburn except this one. I thought the team was good enough to overcome it, and they did. And so uh, that'll lay into my prediction later, by the way, for this Vandy game. Uh, but I felt I uh, made an adult decision and stayed home and did work and didn't spend money. And uh, you know, instead of making a kid decision and wanting to go. But I think this team is great. I think the defense is getting better 
all the time, not only from game to game, but within the game. Mm -hmm. And I did look up when they had the explosive touchdown, the 50-whatever-yard touchdown run by Jarquez Hunter, uh, and I told the people we were watching the game with it won't happen again. Now, part of that was me defending myself because they were questioning why I was not at Auburn. But, uh, you know, I said it won't happen again. Pete Golding won't let it happen again. And he didn't. And that was on a busted uh, tackle. I mean, he broke a tackle. So there was a defender there. Uh, but but Golding is just, in my opinion, a master at uh, taking what he's got and putting the pieces together to make a masterpiece puzzle that, uh, I, I mean, I don't know that anybody else could. And I think I can say that because look at what we're doing versus what we've ever done before. I mean, outside of the couple of Landshark years, when has the defense been – Perform like this. I know they're not, you know, negative 38 rushing yards on everybody, but they're performing when it matters and they're making adjustments and stopping the second explosive play from happening or another something from happening and giving, you know, the offense a chance to get going at some point. You know, um, let's see, Pete Golding and the Ole Miss defense, the last time they held an SEC opponent, back-to-back to to under 300 yards was 2009. The original Land Sharks. So, I mean, it's it's rarefied air for Ole Miss. It wasn't that long ago when we were just hoping to hold somebody under 30 points. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you'd hold Northern Illinois to 27 points, and you're like, the defense really played well. And, and, And this is not that. This is not happening. Well, and people say, well, they weren't good teams. Well, you know what? We've played not good teams before. And we haven't done this, not since 2009 or, or you know, even before – I don't know how far you go back before that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's just like when people say, oh, you scored 70 against Mercer. Well, we've played other teams like Mercer and haven't scored, haven't scored 70. So, I mean, this this team is is doing things, and I do think they're getting better. Uh, you know, uh, a local radio host, Gary Darby, he said on, on the pregame show here on the radio uh, before the game, hey, win ugly before you lose pretty. And then after the game, he reminded us, hey, we won ugly, and that's better than losing pretty. And uh, I'd say let's keep doing it. The last two wins haven't been that pretty, but they're still wins. And I think a lot of that, and everybody can talk about it, and and honestly, as Ole Miss fans, I mean, I understand why we go that way. But the fact is we have so many good players we're doing to other teams what they used to do to us, to where in the fourth quarter we just have more fresh good players than they do. And that that is the reason why Auburn happened. That's the reason why Arkansas happened. It wasn't because a light switch flip. It was because we were better teams. And this is all Lane Kiffin's doing and his roster construction. It's completely top-notch. Agreed. And, and you know, I, I did miss on something last week. I, I talked about Watkins and what, you know, whoever whomever played in the uh, slot for his position. Well, I didn't even consider or say anything about his leadership. And I think we saw that. I think, you know, I think you even mentioned it, alluded to it, the calming effect he had when he was on the field. Uh, and, you know, as you say, give him all the NIL money. The guy's got stitches, plates. I mean, and he's out there putting it on the line. Uh, and, and we saw it after – I was sitting there screaming at the TV with one minute left in the half, why do we even have a return man in the game? Mm-hmm. Like, just put 11 on the line of scrimmage, guard against the fake, and let them punt it and let it roll. Because the only thing that can go wrong in that situation is what happened. If they recover that punt that, that – you know, got through Wade's hands, then we're in trouble, mm-hmm. you know. So why why then were we doing that? We should have just said nobody back there, nothing against anybody. I wouldn't even have had Watkins back there. I would have had 11 line of scrimmage, played a little defense, and not let them fake it and just let the punt roll wherever it rolled because you still had 50 seconds left. 
and 50 seconds with our offense can score from anywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. So, and especially with the way that Jackson Dart has been playing. I, I mean, I, I've, I've said this a couple of times on my show this week. I think everybody needs to recognize what is happening and what is directly in front of us. It Don't nitpick, don't do all of this stuff, because if Jackson Dart comes back for his senior year, in which we all hope he comes back for his senior year, because if that happens, go ahead and get your hotel reservation for the playoffs. Jackson Dart will leave here as the leading career passing leader, the leading career total offense leader, and the leading um, person for quarterbacks running the football, which right now is three different players, I do believe. Jackson Dart will be in the top 10 on Ole Miss's regular rushing list, ahead of Dexter McCluster. As a quarterback. Yeah. This is rarefied territory, and it's just like, what again? And we get holding calls, and we get these things, and and I know we keep talking about it, but if somebody wants to sit down with the tape with me, uh, I don't even know anything about football, really, and I can show you a holding call for Ole Miss, and I can find five plays that the other team does that doesn't get – I mean, there was one play Auburn had a big explosive play on that last drive where they scored that garbage touchdown. Mm -hmm. A lineman held, had his arm around a defensive lineman's head, like he had him, you know, around the throat. And then a receiver was holding downfield blocking on the same play and neither one was called. Yet Ole Miss doesn't let go of somebody when they turn to run for a half a second and like every flag in Auburn, you know, Alabama hit the field, even from the stands. And so uh, I'm going to keep harping on it. I know I sound like a little Homer crybaby or whatever, but uh, it's just not being called evenly. It's not even that it's bad. It's just not even even. It's not even close to even, in my opinion. And so, uh, you know, if somebody wants to, you know, break down the tape and send it to me, they can and, and prove me wrong. And then I'll say, okay, I was wrong. But until that happens, I won't believe it. Uh, but I wrote down, you know, Dart just overcame adversity in that first drive to score that touchdown. And there was one play during the game. I don't remember when it happened. I think it was when we made that run for those two touchdowns late to, to kind of put the game away near the end where he would drop back in the pocket and the Auburn defensive line was, you know, basically a jailbreak and he slipped between two defenders and it was like third and I don't know, 20. And then all of a sudden he takes off down the field and he Superman dives and gets the first down and jumps mm-hmm. up. And uh, I mean, what more can you expect from this guy? He, he throws a dime. I mean, that throw to priest corn. Oh, it's the best it, I've ever seen. I think, I think you said he couldn't help but catch it, which yeah. is true. I mean, I don't. When they showed the replay, it looked like it just landed in his hand. He didn't yeah, even reach it, out. It looked like the defender was pass interfering, and he could not move his arms out there. And the ball just went fell in there. Yeah, it, 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 it is unbelievable. The, before this pass, before that pass, what I thought was the best pass ever. There was a pass to, I think it was Markeith Summers, in the LSU game by Jevin Sneed in two thousand eight. That that that's been my gold standard of a pass. Other than the Super Bowl pass from Eli to Mario Manningham. Yeah. Um, that one was pretty fantastic as well. But this one, like I said, it was just that angle to where he didn't even have to move his hands. He couldn't help but catch him. It, it was in stride. Everything was perfect. I mean, he could have had his eyes closed and caught that ball. Yeah. It, it, it was it, just amazing. And it, it's one of those things, and people will say it all the time, that, oh, he couldn't hand the ball any better to a receiver down the field. Well, that one was true. That, I yeah. mean, that was real. That was that was absolutely the case. Uh, and and I did when when you know going back to the rushing play. Uh, whenever Dart ran for that first down, I think we had just been called for a penalty before that, mm-hmm. maybe some kind of procedure or something. And I jumped up and I said, um, 
where's the flag? Where's the flag? And somebody goes, there's a flag. And I said, no, but every time Ole Miss makes a play, there's a flag. And they just started laughing, you know, because I just expected there to, you know, pop up in the corner, yellow, you know, there's flag on the field, flag on the play. And, and it didn't happen. I was so excited. Uh, you know, and I know it's been uh, whatever that we're resilient or whatever, and I'm not sure that's the right term. Uh, but, man, this team just – I think belief is the right word. You know, they came out with – I'm wearing the baseball, by the way. Got the Omaha hat on and got mm-hmm. the uh, national champions on the side of it right here. And, okay. uh, you know, um, but I, just like that documentary came out about belief and how the baseball team believed. You know, and, and they kind of turned it around. They had that leadership in Elko. We got that leadership with Dart. And you were talking about if he comes back a third year. I'm like a giddy little teenager. If he comes back a third year, like fanboy and all crazy, I mean – Second-year quarterbacks, Matt Corral did it. The interception number was down. The, the completion rate was up. Another play that I think might get overlooked, you know, Dart had a, a, a grounding penalty where he threw one in the end zone and nobody was in there around. A little later in the game, it was the same situation. It was almost like two defenders were unblocked. And as he was getting hit and falling to the ground, he found, I believe it was Bentley mm-hmm. in the right flat, and it wasn't much of a play other than it wasn't an eight-yard sack. And it was an amazing job to find a receiver. Like normal human beings don't complete that pass. Because not only did he find somebody with, you know, 620 pounds of SEC defensive lineman about to crush him, he was falling backwards. I'm pretty sure he was like at a 45-degree angle when he released that ball. And, you know, because he kind of jumped backwards and angled around somebody and got it to him. It was just To me, it was just an amazing athletic play. It speaks to how good the young man is. It speaks to his head game because, as we've we've seen, he's getting better and better and better at recognizing. And this is where Lane Kiffin – I'm a teacher, so, again, I go back to the teaching aspect. Lane Kiffin, if you give him time on the quarterback, is able to teach them. The problem is they have to go through and experience that first year on the field. But when they do that and he can say – then he can talk to them afterwards and go, okay, when you saw this, this is what you do. And that stuff starts to stick. And that's why this year there's so many more completions. That's why the middle of the field's getting used better. That's why the interceptions are down. And if and if Jackson Dart comes back a third year, I'm not sure the country can contain him. Yeah, uh, you because know. It, because then the Eli stuff happens. Then the quick processing stuff. The the passes that you saw to Caden Priestcorn where he was kind of uncovered and they just threw the ball out there on a turnaround. Stuff like that starts to happen to go with the gunslinger stuff downfield. And he essentially becomes Jaden Daniels in it, throwing the football. And it, I don't, I don't think people can realize how good he can be because he'll go from this year, if he decided to go pro, he'd be like the 20th quarterback um, in the NFL draft. If he comes back after his senior year, he might be the top player in the country. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. You know, you talked about it this week, but I think it was this past weekend we were watching ESPN and they were going through the quarterbacks on one of the shows, maybe game day or maybe it was some other show. And they showed the first 15 and Dart, I kept looking. They showed the top 10 and I was like, where's Dart? And then they went to 15 and I was like, where's Dart? And so I can't believe he's not in the top. I, you can't tell me that there's 15 quarterbacks in the country better than this guy. I just don't believe it. And so uh, I think he's, I think he's amazing. I think yeah, great. Uh, everybody needs to like keep these lists exactly the way they are because the That's way right. it's set up right now is J- Jackson's coming back. Now, everybody says, well, what does that mean for the other ones? And it's like there's nothing bad that can happen if Jackson Dart comes back to school. Mm-hmm. Not a thing. Well, then, and, and you sit in quarterback rooms, and, and when they have 
I've actually been uh, blessed to be able to sit in some quarterback rooms in the past. I don't know anything about football, but I've, I've known some coaches who have invited me in. And, and what I really learned was, wow, quarterbacks have a lot to think about. That's all I can pick up from it because I don't know the, the language. I don't know the jargon. You know, they talk about all these things, and it's amazing how they can key on one player, one position. They can Even things is, is lining up with their uh, spacing for their slot receiver and trying to open up more room in the box, and whether it's a handoff, if it's an RPO, and all, all these kinds of things. But every quarterback is in the room when they have these meetings, at least the ones I've been at. And so if that's the case, Walker Howard, whomever, because I think he's the, the one that is most likely will be here and succeed Dart, uh, even if, if Dart stays another year. So he is getting all of this, and that probably means that he'll be that much better when he starts. He's still got to experience. There's still no – you can't replicate – the experience on the field versus SEC speed and opponents. So he's still going to have those mistakes and those, you know, mishaps along the way. But as he gains that experience and already has that big database of knowledge from sitting in those rooms, I think his progression can happen faster. So, I, so I'm it's, it's important to show up this weekend. Walker Howard needs to get in the game against Vanderbilt. It would be nice. It would be nice. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I, I know we're going to get to the prediction, so I'll wait on that. But I, I have some – interesting thoughts about the game isn't it weird also like the last two times that Ole Miss has played Vandy and Nashville they've scored over 50 the last two times they played and bought Hemingway Stadium they've scored 31 yeah well I mean they're we're their eternal opponent and for some reason they always play us better and especially here it's the uh, JP game of the week it is and and I, yeah. I remember I'm pretty sure it was a Vandy game I was at and it was at night <laughs> and near the end of the first half we had the lead and we snapped the ball with like 30 seconds on the play clock. And I'm sitting in the stands and I'm screaming, run the play clock down. We, we were not a tempo offense at the time. I don't remember who the coach was. This is sometime in the last 20 years. I, don't, I, I couldn't tell you if it was five years ago or 15 or 20. But I was screaming, run the clock down, run the clock down. Vanderbilt got the ball back, kicked a field goal right before the half. And I said, if they, if they win by th less than three points – I'm going to be upset because they should have never gotten those three points. We should have ran the clock out by running the play mm -hmm. clock down. And that night, I believe they beat us by three points. And so, or maybe I you think, even got a touchdown. I think that was 2012, actually. It, it may have been. I, 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 I think that was Hughes' first year. Yeah. And it frustrated me because I thought, here I am. I don't know anything about football. And I know to run the clock down at this point so that you don't give them a chance right before the half to score anything. Yeah, in that game, did Vanderbilt have a tight end wide open that scored a touchdown in the game? Uh, I know. I, I can't remember. I think I think that night they wore the all white with the gold with the black trim, mm. and the gold. I, I, for some reason, I remember that, and so it, it makes me wonder because I know A and M has worn the all white, and I'm trying to remember was this a Johnny Football moment that I'm remembering instead of a Vanderbilt? But I think it was Vanderbilt that did that. They scored late, and it was because, in my opinion, we didn't run the play clock down far enough and run the timeout when we could have. So. so what is your prediction for this game? I mean, it's tough because of exactly what you just said. Like 25 and a half or whatever the number is right now is a big, big number. Huge. But just like I decided, and I and just full, full disclosure, I woke up Saturday morning and I started recording myself as a documentary about my trip to Auburn that day. Didn't have tickets yet. Everything was going. I was going to do it. And then when it was time to go, decided not to go. So then I deleted all those videos off my phone. 
So I woke up thinking I was going to do it, but I, I, I ultimately decided that this team was good enough to overcome this and it could break this curse for me so I didn't feel this weight of having to go to Auburn every time we played there so we could try to win a game, which really has nothing to do with me, right? That's why we're called fans because we're fanatics. Well, for all – for this band – Did, you, did we, you know that that's not true? That – that oh, oh, what is it? Tell me, tell me. I want to know. Uh, literally, fan comes from in the 1800s. There was people getting on baseball players and all that, and it was kind of like hot air going on them like a fan. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, but, but it became fanatic. That became the natural story, but it actually is just a kind of a hot air type situation. It was a derogatory thing towards people watching the game. I got you. Well, I'm a fanatic sometimes and go yeah. a little crazy, a little overboard. So, as you know, as many fans are. But I think this team is so good. This, this Ole Miss team is so good. I don't care about Vandy's passing attack. I don't care about whatever. They're still Vandy. This team is good. And if they want to be one of those teams, if they want to, if they want to basically cement 10 and 2 as their floor, 11 and 1 as a possibility, then they're going to have to go in here and blow Vandy out, even overlooking Vandy. Mm -hmm. Because you've said it several times. Every time you think about Vandy, you're thinking about AM and and mm -hmm. I'm thinking about AM because it's 11 o'clock. We set, we start the show at seven that morning. So I would be at the station at like 5 30. So I'm not, I'm not happy about that. Mm -hmm. So, but, but I think this is a game that Ole Miss is going to come out early. They're going to come out often. They're going to, they're going to take away the sloppiness and they are going to absolutely boat race Vandy right back. Vandy's going to want to get on the bus at halftime. Now I may eat these words, but Vandy's going to, it's going to be something like 35 to seven at half. Ooh, at the half. I like, it. I like it. All right. And then by the time the game is over, I don't know. We're not going to set the record. You know, old Pratt, what it Pratt, uh, help me out. Um, Rogers stole right. my thunder with a 91 point victory by uh, Vanderbilt in 1915 <laughs> or whatever, in the 18 straight they won. Uh, but um, I don't know that we're going to set the record for 91 points, but, you know, we're, we're going to roll it on up. And I'm going to say, mm, let's go ahead, let's just go big and bold, 63 to 10. The Rebels okay. roll. All right. My prediction that I gave on today's show, today's podcast, is 41 to 14. So, actually, that's a cover as well. Um, I, I Normally, in this situation, though, I guess I would tell people just to take the points and go. And, yeah. And, oh, no doubt. And, and, and yeah. this is, again, just win the game. If it's 17 to 16, again, win ugly instead of lose pretty. But I yeah. think we've got to roll at this point. Yeah, after this season, nobody is going to remember this Vanderbilt game. Everybody's going to talk about AM and Georgia just win this football game. That's right. That's right. So thank you very much, Josh. And thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Josh Guest joins the show as he does weekly now. And He's going to air on Thursday night. This is normally our big-time guest, but since it's a Vandy game, Brad Logan got pushed to the morning show. So Josh gets 7 o'clock all by himself on Thursday night. That's, that's pretty fantastic, man. Nice. I'll take it. All right. But we'll talk to you later and talk to you next week, man. Have fun and enjoy the game. All right. right, will do. I'm going.